Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hey, Michelle. Hello, Scott. Hello, guests. <laughs> uh, so again, for, for those of you tuning in, and I can see Christine just joined us from uh, Brussels. Uh, good evening. Uh, good Nabin. Uh, and I know some of you tune in, you're just listening to us rather than making your appearance. Uh, and some of you listen uh, in on replays. Thank you for doing that. Michelle and I, right before we got on air, we're just chatting about some of our demographics and metrics. And I'm really excited because mm-hmm. uh, I, we are now, in addition to Apple and Google, and Spotify, uh, we're on Pandora. So for those of you who have these those wonderful little devices around your house that A- play music, L-E-X-A. you can actually now, <laughs> yeah, you can mm-hmm. you can now listen to us uh, on those devices by simply saying "Hey," and then you put the name in that you're using. <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying it because mine's sitting right here. Mine too. Uh, <laughs> hey, blank. Uh, play keeping your shit together and it will play all of our episodes for you. So you can Uh listen to that on the go and it's fun stuff. So thank you all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michelle, before we dive into a very deep topic today, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what kind of trends have you been noticing with clients? What's going on with you? So today I'm going to be a little vulnerable and share something personal and, and hope that I can not necessarily choke up on, on air. Um, Uh so I have had some influx of work come in and of course it's all due yesterday. And so yesterday I was having this experience, not, it's not literally due yesterday, but they all want it ASAP. And yesterday I was having this feeling like I might be having a heart attack. Um, and I didn't want to tell Brian about it. Brian's a nurse. He's my partner. And I didn't really want to tell Brian about it because I didn't want to go to the emergency room. And I figured it was anxiety and I wasn't having a full-blown panic attack. So, you know, I was able to breathe, but if I inhaled deeply, it caused pain and I, that scared me. I had not had that experience. And so I talked to him, you know, I was like, I'm, I finally let it down. Cause I started crying a little bit and I talked to him and he goes, Honey, <laughs> you've got to love having a nurse in your home. Honey, if you were having a heart attack, it wouldn't ebb and flow in the amount of pain that you're having. <laughs> you know, you have probably bruised a rib because we were doing a lot of household product projects this weekend and you know, hanging things and lifting things and moving things. He's like, you probably have bruised a rib, you know, take some ibuprofen and see if you feel better. And sure enough, I did. And I felt much better, but I thought, wow, you know, what if, um, so it wasn't even panic necessarily. It was really like some sort of bruised um, internal uh, stuff that I thought was exacerbated, um, from the stress. So I love that we're talking about burnout prevention and keeping your shit together today, because when Scott and I say that we go through these things personally, um, and we want to support those of you that have been through things, it's not because we have our shit together all the time, but we do a really good job of like keeping it together through well, we friends have a tool, and family. We have, we- we have a toolkit and we have a support system. We have a support, we have system, a support right? system and we have toolkits. Um, so I'm just going to yeah. personally say, you know, of course you should get medical advice if you're having <laughs> any symptoms. Well, um, I'm glad to hear that you're okay. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and shame on you for not calling me. And, um, uh, and, 
And I'm going to add to what you just said years okay. ago, and I couldn't tell you how long ago it was, but years ago, you know, uh, before I stepped away from doing litigation, I was mm -hmm. in very high powered, high stress, high demand, high yes. exposure cases all yes. across the state. Yeah. And you know, my clients don't pay me to lose. <laughs> right. L literally, it's I'm their knight in shining armor and their gunfighter. Yes. And it was the middle of the day. And all of a sudden, I started the same thing as you, Michelle. I started feeling like, it in my chest. And yeah. I didn't. Here's the thing, folks. I didn't feel stressed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it, there was no connection. It was just, oh, my God, I've got. Why am I having this? And, and radiating down my left arm. Oh, so well, that my... was what I did say to Brian yesterday. There's no numbness or tingling down my arms. Yeah. And he laughed at me. He's uh, like, it doesn't always come with those symptoms, by the way. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. And so, you know, I'm going through, okay, it's indigestion. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, I also, by the way, first thing that popped in my head with you, Michelle, was you just had a COVID shot, I believe, right? I about, I guess I'm on three weeks ago now. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth with those things. <laughs> well, I wasn't, you know, we didn't have COVID back when I had it. So I drove myself to the emergency room. Uh -huh. um, Probably wise was, for those of you listening. Soon, as, don't do what I did. As, <laughs> as, as soon as you mentioned that, mm -hmm. uh, it, here's the way to get into the emergency room, at least before COVID. Uh -huh. uh, you either tell them you're having a heart attack or yeah. you have suicidal ideation. Yeah, one absolutely. It'll uh -huh. get one you right in the back. Um, uh -huh. Well, I I was having chest pains and it turned out, long story oh. short, it was all stress oh. and it was manifesting in a physical way. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm going through, you know, the the treadmills they, and literally they what they uh -huh. put me through in the emergency room and then with a follow up cardiologist uh -huh. just to rule out things. Yeah. Uh, and part of my challenge so that, you know, I work out almost every day, mm -hmm. which is also a challenge because my mm -hmm. shoulders constantly hurt. I yeah. do, I, I, I'm part, it's not to brag, it's just to tell you, I, I do the hundred pushups a day thing that they talk oh. about. So my Impressive, shoulders, Scott. my shoulders and my downward dog impact on those, uh -huh. um, my left arm always freaking hurts. Oh. Uh, plus, plus I sleep. On my side. So, I do too. Um, you know, completely un <laughs> unrelated. The problem is for doctors is that when you do a lot of this type of exercise mm -hmm. and cardio, my mm -hmm. resting heartbeat is 52. Mm -hmm. Most people, that's uh -huh. really low. Yeah, yeah. And so it comes across just to the normal doctor as a heart issue. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know we had scans now where they can look at your heart in 3D and mm. flip it around while they're scanning you. Mm. Uh, I went through all of this stuff only to find out, Scott, you need to freaking breathe and just slow <laughs> down. Box breath, straw breath. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, um, you know, that's when I started getting into a lot of the box breathing and mm -hmm. the, the mindfulness part of my Mm -hmm. meditation and yoga practice. So mm -hmm. anyway, long story short, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're feeling better. Me too. Yep. And uh, <laughs> today, today we'll, today we'll work on that burnout. Uh, Prevention. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, um, I, I will, uh, it's kind of hard to follow up after that. Uh, but, <laughs> but I just wanted to be honest and say like these things happen and you know, it's interesting. We can have these, things go on in our body. And of course, it's important to get a good medical checkup. But if you happen to also be prone to a little bit of stress, you can easily turn that into something catastrophic and catastrophic thinking can take over and make it worse. And thankfully, I had somebody that sort of walked me through it. But at the same time, it was also a good reawakening call. We had some really good discussions after that about kind of the COVID slothness, um, being quarantined and not getting out as much as we used to and wanting to make some lifestyle changes um, again, you know, like reconnecting with the past things that used to help us feel more in control of our body. So that was a really good conversation to have uh, with Brian.
But anyway, I don't, I don't know if Brian listens to the podcast, but if you do, Brian, thank you, honey. <laughs> um, sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. But you know, I, I'm going to say this and, I, and I've, I, I've mentioned, he does listen, by the way. Uh, I've mentioned, <laughs> I've mentioned, I've mentioned this in passing. I'm going to throw this out uh, as actually a coping mechanism, but uh-huh. we are moving into a renaissance. Yeah. That's what's going to happen with the dark ages that we've been through, right? Well, I hope so. Um, we've been going through the, the plague um, and it's not even hope for me, Michelle. It, this okay. is this is what has to happen as society evolves, that we are, and we're going to talk about it at least from my perspective today, you know, I am dealing with a lot of empathic folks, with a lot of highly yeah. sensitive folks, with a lot yeah. of people who are intuitive, that yeah. go with their gut, and the world can be too much with them yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of I think where we're going is that because of this lockdown, social distancing, physical distancing, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, the dumbing down of the world, mm-hmm. uh, the dampening down of the world, all of my creative folks, uh, and they're usually the people that listen and watch this show, um, they're going to come to the forefront now. Mm. And I want all of you to remember that, that this is going to be your time this is going to be you coming in and stepping into your light and coming into, uh, I think, what your purpose really is. Mm. And with that, of course, comes imposter syndrome and lack of confidence and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So, you know, just quickly, maybe as even a transition into today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the things that I find myself working with folks with more and more uh, lately, it's, mm-hmm. it, it obviously ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. is learning confidence and not worrying about courage Hmm. and you know a lot of folks getting through stuff Hmm. want courage uh i'm the little kid that used to hide under the bed right Uh i'm the little kid i'm the one that said i'm not of this world take me home i don't belong here uh Uh, when i would that's my youngest that's my earliest memory Mm -hmm. is not as knowing i didn't belong uh feeling i didn't belong and so Hmm. uh you know, fast forward, I think a lot of folks have felt that the people who are weird, the people who are different, the people mm. who are a little crazy, the people who are a lot crazy, the people, <laughs> <laughs> the people who feel they're broken, the people who mm. are highly creative and don't know how to function in, mm. in quote, the real end quote world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be your time mm. to shine. And with that, I, I, I just, Maybe we'll do a whole show on this at some point, but I really want to emphasize this is about confidence for you, not courage. Courage think, means. Yeah. Courage. Well, means, I'm just going to say courage means you're enduring. Uh-huh. You're getting through something. Uh-huh. Courage means the world is acting on you. Okay. Whereas confidence is you acting on the world. Oh, that makes sense. Uh-huh. I was going to add, I think for me, courage comes easier than confidence. Like I can be courageous and still feel afraid and maybe a little self self doubt and still be courageous, still do it anyway. You know, that old book, I think it was from the eighties called feel, uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, you know, kind of my tagline in the world. And there's something to that. Maybe if you don't mind, we'll just use this as the lead into burnout. Sure. I really think that a lot of people get burned out because of the fear, doubt, worry, and anxiety that's acting on their lives. Absolutely. And here's the, here's the, at least my experience, because I've had to be courageous. I've had to walk into hell and walk back out again. (laughs) I've, I've had to walk through fire, right? Yeah. We've all got personal stuff and professional stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, being courageous is easier than being confident. I, I think I agree. Because, mm-hmm. because, because with courage, you're, you're the cork in the ocean <laughs> and, and, and everything else is making you do your thing and you're just floating, right? <laughs> yeah. all, all, all I have to do is float. All I have oh. to do is dog paddle. Oh yeah, all it gets I through have to a lot of difficulties. Is, 
Mm -hmm. All I have to do is endure through the day. Yes. And, and for and those of you listening, that's okay. That's a great accomplishment. I just want to commend you that it is, it is okay to just get through. I had a client recently freak out because she said she got one of those emails like, what did you do with 2020? I wrote a book and launched a play and did this stuff. And she had a complete freak out. And I, and I was like, do you realize most people are not writing plays and launching books and, you know, like just trying to pay the bills. Most people are just trying to pay the bills. So just you know, give yourself some, a pat on the back for being that cork in the ocean that's still floating. Right. So of course we want people to go beyond that, but just, I had to say like, it's okay. If you have a day, like where you just need to be the cork in the ocean and keep floating, just keep Dorian, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. (laughs) And everybody will be there. Um, And, and I, Mm -hmm. I think that that's why it's, it's easier because at that point it you're is. letting the outside world, or at least what you think is the outside world, dictate yeah. how you res- what you respond to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that not creating mm-hmm. the, the environment; you're creating the response. And sense. so it, mm-hmm. and so you've got all this outside stimuli coming in, and mm-hmm. it makes it very easy for you to say, "Okay, here are my coping mechanisms, whatever uh-huh. they are." And you know, one of the purposes of this show is to expand your tool set and yeah. your coping mechanisms. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas with confidence, that's a whole nother thing. It is not that not not to take away from enduring, getting through, maintaining, coping with the day, confidence is trusting yourself yeah, and trusting the world out there. Yeah. Courage, you don't trust the world out there. Uh-huh. And so you're responding to it. Yeah. Um, and understand they both have a place. You're not going to be confident 100% of the time. Right. You don't need to be courageous 100% of the No, time. thankfully not. Um, I'd be exhausted. And, and I want to pass on, you know, and, and one of the things that I think is important mm-hmm. uh, for performance anxiety, for the imposter syndrome, uh, I love Celine Dion. And um, I've never met the, the lady, but I know people who do know her and knew her husband uh, mm. when he was alive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've always loved about Celine Dion is how she talked about her support system being her husband and how he would motivate and push her and all the rest of these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pass on, if I might, a quote that purportedly uh, Celine Dion's husband passed on to her when she was going through all the things we're talking about. Uh-huh. You know, she's not immune to this either. Of course. And uh, as I understand the conversation, and I may be paraphrasing a bit here, what he said was, and I'm going to say it to you, Michelle, Michelle, you don't have to be great all the time. Right. You just have to be great when it's time. When it's time. Yes. And I've always... Quote. I've always, we'll talk about motivation, Mm -hmm. talk about taking that stress and putting it in the focus and the light that it needs to be in. Yeah. Yeah. So for all of you listening, you don't have to be great, magnificent, powerful, magical, you know, enchanting, Mm -hmm. fascinating, wonderful, Mm -hmm. beautiful. You don't have to be that all the time. Mm -hmm. You just have to be it when it's time. Mm. And you get to choose that. That's mm-hmm, the confidence mm-hmm. part. You get to choose mm-hmm. when it's time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about some of my burnout tools mm-hmm. in a bit, but mm-hmm. I'd be fascinated, Michelle, when, when folks come to you yep. as a therapist, mm-hmm. can you tell when they're burned out? Yes. I, I actually have adapted a burnout survey tool that's on my website uh, for free, postinternationalinc.com. And I personally take that test once every six months, kind of, I I link it up with my dentist because I lose track of time. You know, um, the days are long and and the years are short. By the way, Um, there, you want to tie stress in with with something? With the dentist. I hate the dentist, yeah. (laughs) Right. So I take my burnout survey. it's, It's not good for retired folks, but it is good for working people, people that are still in the working world, because it's it reflects a lot about being a worker in the world. 
And there's quite a few key components to burnout. And when I give this, I've, I've focused a lot on healthcare and entertainment folks kind of thing and looking at burnout. And it just never ceases to amaze me that it, at least probably 65% of American workers, it's mostly been Americans that I've done this test on, and I think I'm up to about 800 plus people that have shared their scores with me. 60 plus American workers are, are in a moderate to severe level of burnout. Um, and I think that's really sad. So, so yes, I can tell when somebody is burning out. I think more importantly, I try to pay attention to when I'm burning out, which is what sort of inspired me about this topic today is I see that a lot of the topics we do help others, but also help me help you, Scott. So that that's one tool. If you want a tool to kind of do an assessment from time to time and track your scores, then use that tool from my website. You're free to share it with anybody you want. And by the way, I want to interject here one thing. You know, over the last two years, Mm -hmm. Uh, some of what I am asked to speak about to organizations is meditation and mindfulness Uh that happened because if you don't know already the world health organization, I believe back in 2019, Uh finally listed burnout as a diagnosis. Uh You can Uh actually be medically diagnosed now with burnout. And and when you look at what they use as the criteria. Yeah. Hell, I've been in burnout for 10 years. Oh, yeah, for sure. When you when you look at that Mm -hmm. now, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you are in burnout, but Mm -hmm. bear bear in mind that, you know, feelings of being depleted that that I've joked Mm -hmm. before about psychic vampires. You're around people Mm -hmm. and suddenly all your energy goes out Mm -hmm. being exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, Fogginess, right? Mm -hmm. All the stuff that we've been associating with COVID and shutdowns and social Mm -hmm. distancing. Uh, go look at the checklist for the World Health Organization and what they're calling burnout. Mm-hmm. And we're getting burnout from the seclusion. That's right. Yeah, we're getting, or uh, another term in the literature is a vicarious trauma. And a third term is called compassion fatigue, which is now also a diagnosable thing yep. for people that are involved in the healing arts, healthcare, social support, hypnosis, any, any care, caring that you give others, the compassion fatigue is another, uh, and you can Google compassion fatigue pro Q O L. And that's a self um, diagnosed kind of tool as well to help you look that up. And the PDF is free online, but compassion fatigue is the fatigue that you get from offering compassion to others on a regular basis. Um, Vicarious trauma is I wasn't actually exposed to the traumatic, potentially death-threatening experience, but I have heard the stories of trauma. So anybody that works with child abuse or sexual abuse or um, emergency response people or crisis management people, this high rate of turnover, loss of income, loss of job training, loss of wonderful professionals that just leave the profession because they can't handle it. Um, I would say probably lawyers have a high amount of burnout and turnover, Scott. Here's the the interesting thing. I think what set me apart, and I'm going to brag a little bit here, but I think Uh what set me apart from most other lawyers is most other lawyers are so depersonalized. Yeah. And they're in it for the money. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's money or outcome driven actions, not all of them. Um, And I, I've many people that listen to the show. know I always wanted to be a doctor. Uh I should have been a doctor um, (laughs) and, and not a lawyer. And I I remember being in the emergency room because for quite a few years, I was an EMT and Back then, we called them paramedics. Paramedics. Uh, mm-hmm. a, it was a different role back then than they are mm-hmm. today. I mm-hmm. probably should never have been doing the things that I did on a paramedic <laughs> unit. Um, but 
I was in the emergency room and I would routinely, even back then, and we're talking decades ago, mm-hmm. I would use hypnosis and what now is called NLP on people uh-huh. coming into the emergency room. Because one of the things that, that t- touch me to my core are people who are in a state of suffering. Yeah. Doesn't mean they really are suffering. They believe they're suffering. Yeah. And I remember one, one man in a wheelchair could not walk, mm-hmm. um, for a variety of reasons and I, there were no beds he was in a wheelchair in the in literally the hallway and mm-hmm. i came over and kneeled down beside him and i just deeply listened for a moment mm-hmm. and then i walked him through some conversational hypnosis mm-hmm. and he sparked up and then he stood up and suddenly started walking i had the head nurse come over to me and she said you can't do that of course not. <laughs> and I said, I said, why not? And she said, you can't connect with people like that. We don't do that here. Yeah, we hit them in, we triage them and we get them back out. And mm-hmm. um, that was part of the reason I chose not to move into the medical mm-hmm. profession, by the way, was, mm-hmm. you know, when you get, when you do it for so long, um, by mm-hmm. the way, you will not see old paramedics, yeah. not good ones. You won't see them. Why? Because when you're in these professions for so long, you start becoming depersonalized. You start removing yourself. Um, There's another concept uh, literally called uh, crisis ethics or, you know, destruction ethics or Uh uh, emergency ethics. Uh And what do you do when the whole world, you know, 9-11 happens, mm-hmm. you're in the emergency room, and mm-hmm. suddenly you now have to triage who's going to live and who's going to die. Uh, and when you think about that as a caregiver, mm-hmm. uh, are you having difficulty sleeping? Are you mm-hmm. suddenly having second you know, doubts about mm-hmm. yourself? Are you irritable? Uh, right. And you'll know you're being irritable. Do you have headaches? Are you suffering weight loss? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are all these things that Insomnia, I see. Difficulty falling people. asleep or staying asleep. Yeah. You know, the, the people who are highly sensitive, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing today is we're helping you get better tools yeah. to shield yourself and or re- reinvigorate yourself yeah. after uh, you work with folks like that. Because yeah. had I known back when I was in the emergency room or on a paramedic unit, what I know today, right. it would have been a different Scott. Right, right. Um, I didn't know any of that. Back then I was simply, which I think a lot of the people listening to this show do, I was simply just going with the flow. I knew what worked. I knew what felt good. There's a big mm-hmm. clue. I knew it felt good uh, without any of the, the scientific backing behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, I didn't know how to regulate the flow of energy between people. And I didn't mm-hmm. know how to, to slough off or exfoliate or whatever word you want to use. Um, you know, I, I, I always like to think of it like a snake. Mm-hmm. Right? Shedding they their skin. shed their skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know how to do Mm-hmm. all of that and keep that equanimity about us that we've talked about in other shows. And we've mm-hmm. even have a whole thing about it in our home retreat mm-hmm. um, to avoid the compassion fatigue. So uh, with that said, what are some of your tools, Michelle? Yeah. Cause you deal with this, you deal more with the compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stress. I would say my, yeah. I have a, a high percentage of clients with anxiety or stress management concerns. So um so, you know, this is repeat and a reminder, and then I'm going to add my main focus. So, of course, you want to look at the balance in your life. Are you working too much? Are you sleeping too much? Are you sitting on the couch too much? You know, all your healthy living stuff, your exercise, your, you know, meditation, your healthy food, um, meaning making, you know, are you making good meaning out of your life, why you're here, your relationships. That's that's a big piece that isn't talked a lot about in the literature. Of course, connecting to other humans in relationships, having a good social support system and staying present. But I'm gonna add my two favorite things. Call it radical self-care, uh, radical self-compassion or radical self-acceptance. This is something that took years to foster in my own life 
And despite my flaws uh, and those regrets that pop up into your head from time to time, mostly I view myself as a kind, compassionate, worthwhile human being that is very self-loving in the way that I talk to myself. I don't beat myself up a lot about mistakes. I move past them. I learn from them. And teaching radical self-compassion is a huge part of my work as a therapist. So most people are hypercritical of themselves and sometimes others. And then that ends up being in stressful work environments, relationships that are not healthy, et cetera. So that is a key piece is figure out how to shift your internal language through NLP, hypnosis, therapy, whatever you want, so that you have a very like, I don't know, torch bearing goddess or God holding a book that stands in your honor of you are worthwhile just as you are flaws and all. So, so I'm going to, I, I, I want to <laughs> add something. I, I want to annotate what you just said, because okay. now you're, now you're in the world that I'm in, right? And, you know, one of the things that I talk about with people is that making meaning is just as important as making money. Yeah. And the way to do that, uh, particularly for those of you who are therapists, counselors, coaches, uh, intuitives. Yes. Uh, you know, I work. I've I've been working a lot with people who are very intuitive and do divination. So they're connecting with people who need something and they need to give back to something. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, Abraham Maslow in nineteen, I think it was nineteen forty three, um, had a has a philosophy that I, all of us can use. And that is uh -huh. that individuals can only be happy. I want you to think about this. Individuals can only be happy if they're able to express themselves and achieve their potential. And I say that because it then piggybacks into one of my favorite quotes of all time. And this is where you get into what I'll call becoming more divinely selfish. Mm -hmm. This is how I you avoid that. burnout. Exactly. And, and the way you avoid burnout is something Warren Buffett talked about. Uh, I'll give you his quote in a minute. But for me, it comes down to know your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean K-N-O-W. I mean N-O. N-O. No. Alternatively, one of the things that I've put out before is who do you know? And uh -huh. I mean N-O. So here's the quote from Warren Buffett. The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. Mm -hmm. And I learned this a long time ago from working with a, a fairly successful company. It's the, you know, uh, I, I was very fortunate to be able to work with the, the world's uh, most valued company. And you want to see hyper focus? This company is hyper-focused um, and, you know, uh, it, it was Apple and Steve Jobs mm -hmm. knew focus. He knew mm -hmm. here's what we sell, here's what we do, here's our meaning, here's what we bring to the world. I've got all these other opportunities and it was no to everything outside that bubble. And I really urged everybody to become more divinely selfish. Uh, and if you need at some point to get a therapist or a counselor, mm -hmm. counselor or a mentor or a guide, um, help yourself further your self-actualization. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and uh, I'm going to also add one little thing. Uh, and then, Michelle, maybe this will segue into where I think you were going. <laughs> I've talked before about I've talked before about the monkey mind. Yes. And how how breathing helps. Right. Yes. You breathe into the lower dantian, which is three inches below your belly button. Uh, you breathe down into that lower area so that you're doing that deep breathing rather than mm -hmm. the shallow breathing that we're used to. Mm -hmm. um, you can, by the way, last year uh, we did an entire show on breathing and uh, yes. we talked about different techniques and yes. you can go listen to it. Uh, I think it may have been episode two or three. I can't remember mm -hmm. now Early. Uh, where I, sh I, where I shared box breathing with folks. Mm -hmm. the, the reality is most of us in the Western world can't shut off our heads mm -hmm. and we're constantly chasing that. 
Mm -hmm. I'm overthinking this. I'm getting in my own way. I can't mm -hmm. stop uh, what I'm doing. And so there are some marvelous tools available for you. Even I, I just happened to, to uh, get onto Netflix last night mm -hmm. and Headspace, H-E-A-D-S-P-A-C-E, -E, Headspace has an entire meditation series. Mm-hmm. And it's beautifully done. Andy mm -hmm. is the one doing it. And I didn't realize uh, that he had this episode. I actually listened to some of Andy's uh, meditations separately when I do walking meditations. And here's the voice. Uh, I think he's from Australia. And here's Andy walking ah. you through different meditation techniques. And it's beautiful. Ah. Take 10 minutes for yourself every day and tame the monkey. Yeah. Um, so I pass that on because I don't know, Michelle, how, how breathing has worked for you in a, in a therapeutic session. I mean, I know you yeah. use it because you and I've chatted about it. Yeah. I, I, you know, my first specialty as a therapist was at a chronic pain clinic and we used biofeedback relaxation training and hypnosis to help with pain management. And step number one is learning diaphragmatic breathing because of the way that the diaphragm is neurologically connected to make your blood flow even and move out to your fingers and toes instead of having cold fingers and toes, the way it calms down your heart rate. Uh, so diaphragmatic breathing is a key. And, and I will say, since I started off the, the episode talking about my not heart attack, uh, you know, I was doing my breath to do dive. That was the thing that was freaking me out is I was doing my diaphragmatic breathing and I can really manage my heart rate. And because of all of that biofeedback training and yet like taking a deep breath in my chest is what was, what was hurting because of my, my rib or whatever, but diaphragmatic breathing has gotten me through a lot of fear of public speaking, a lot of courageous cork floating in the ocean days. <laughs> so breathing is huge. At what in whatever form you do, I think they we used to teach people a 10 second breath is your goal, 10 to 12 seconds. So whether it's five seconds in and five seconds out, or you know, four seconds in, hold for two seconds and four seconds out, doesn't really matter. But you need to slow your breath down to about six uh, breaths a minute, and that will compensate after about five to 10 minutes, that'll compensate in your body. Yeah in terms of biofeedback and, and relaxing you. So. Yeah. And just as a quick, just as a quick reminder, if, if look up box breathing, I'll give you the, just the quick elements of what it is, uh, whether you're using a count of four, six, eight, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. um, you, it is a deep breathe in through your nose to a count of four, six, eight, but let's just say it's four, right? You're breathing in deeply to four, three inches below your belly button. You hold your breath for count of four, and then you deeply exhale through your mouth for a count of four, and then you hold on the exhale mm -hmm. for a count of four. And mm -hmm. that's where most people skip. They skip, you know, you can exhale and still have, you're not going to die. Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> you know, some of, the, some of the elite troops in the world are taught this box breathing technique mm -hmm. because it so instantly regulates your parasympathetic system. Mm -hmm. and gets you regulated again. So mm -hmm. uh, in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four, and you repeat that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, there are, again, additional techniques that you can listen to our prior show on. Uh, it, it also helps get the crap out of your body mm -hmm. um, because you're focusing on your breath. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the big thing that I have noticed uh, in working with folks, when you sense that you're moving towards burnout, mm -hmm. and I don't know about the rest of you, but I can tell you at one point in my legal career, I said to my wife and my family, but my wife, I said, this is killing me. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't being metaphorical. Mm -hmm. I could feel it. Mm -hmm. I could feel it sucking the freaking life out of me. Yeah. Uh, it didn't have purpose. It didn't have meaning. Yeah. It was uh, it was a game I did not feel worth playing anymore. Yeah, I was wasting heartbeats. And you know, when you get to that point, 
some of the, you know, the biggest question, and this, you know, those of you who are therapists will know what I'm talking about. One of the biggest questions you as a counselor, empath, highly sensitive person can ask yourself, mm -hmm. what am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. What am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, you can turn to any of the Pema Chodron teachings, but there, there's this old story that I heard, I think it was from Alan Watts, you know, when a ghost is chasing you, stop, turn around and walk into it. Mm. If you keep running, it will chase you down and steal your soul. Mm. And I say that to those of you that are in these professions, keep asking yourself, what am I afraid of? And start redefining, <laughs> you know, I used to walk into battle for people, right? Redefine mm -hmm. what the freaking battle is. Right. And if you, you find yourself, for? if you, and, and I think you're going to find that, that eventually when you dig deep enough and shed those various layers that lead to the fear, you're going to find out that you've got some confirmation bias and other logical fallacies in play here. And you're, you're doing this to yourself. Mm -hmm. The beauty of that is you can also get out of it now, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it, it begins at least when I work with people to find out what are you afraid of mm -hmm. and where, and then the follow-up question is, where did I learn that? Mm -hmm. Or one, one of the most powerful questions I've ever asked myself is when did I agree to this? <laughs> so, so because, because a lot of times you won't know where you learned it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, ta I've talked before about my spider thing. I freaking hate spiders. <laughs> bring me a snake, bring me a, uh, bring me a gigantic <laughs> dinosaur lizard, bring me, a, you know, I really don't care, but I don't like spiders. And I can tell you exactly when I learned it. Uh, and that was, I was in the bathroom, a little tiny kid. My sister and I have always grown up with you don't kill things. You capture them and put them back outside and let them live their life. Just get them out of the house. So we were doing our typical, take the glass, capture the spider, slide the paper under it. And I'm going to put the spider outside and let it live. So I grew up with, you don't kill things. That's lovely. I'm in the, I'm in the bath. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until we didn't I'm grow in up the bath, like that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in the bathroom with my sister and I'm going to capture this fricking spider. I go to put the glass down and it jumped. Oh! No, it didn't run. It fucking jumped. Yeah. Yeah. That would what scare me. What spider jumps? What I don't spider know. jumps? No spider jumps. The spider jumped. And then it jumped again. And that was it. I was freaking done. Because at that point, my little head, the spider could jump on me. And then the spider bites me. And that hurts. And it's danger. Right. Now all the little I'm with you. reptile, the fight or flight thing goes off. I can tell you exactly when I learned that. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually better with spiders now. I'm, <laughs> the bigger the spider, the worse it gets. But it's, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is I can tell you when I learned that. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to a scarcity mindset which is there won't be enough money. I won't yes. have enough clients. Yes. Um, time is that was running our last out. All that all, that mm -hmm. was our, so all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you where I learned that. Now, I, I, oh, we can go into that if we need to, but I can tell you when <laughs> I agreed to it. Ah. So, the, so, so it's, a, it's a different question. If you can't figure out when you learned it, uh -huh. uh, and perhaps it's, perhaps it's transgenerational or epigenerational and your DNA has picked mm -hmm. all this up or you Could grew be. up in a society like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, then the question is not, when did you learn that? It's when did you agree to it? Right. And that I can go back to. That is like, right. oh, wait a minute. I agreed to it here. Um, so what, you, what mm -hmm. you're looking for is a way to quantify a time period of when you agreed to or learned your fear. And that lets you redefine the battle that's going on in your head. Yeah. Okay. So along the way of the story about the spider, I noticed how much we were laughing. 
And that's kind of my last place that I want to, I want to end on is laughter, like get some good laughter in your life. If you need some tips, I, I highly recommend looking up laughing yoga on YouTube, which is something that I teach in my burnout workshops. But I also had a friend uh, send me this long list of words to live by from just quotes during the pandemic and how the pandemic has kind of affected so many of us. And nice, like I thought of a couple people in my client load that I thought could really use it and sent it out and shared it to them. And I got such good feedback from people just feeling grateful that I had thought about them between our meetings. Um, and, you know, feeling like that helped in terms of their connection, but I'm going to share some of these with you. So I don't know who wrote it, but it was titled words to live by. Some of these I found very funny. Uh, for example, having plans sounds like a good idea until you have to put clothes on and leave the house. Where <laughs> there was another one during the middle ages, as they celebrated the end of the plague with wine and orgies, I'm wondering, does anyone know if there's anything planned for this one? Um, oh, I love this one. This I relate to far too much, but I see people about my age mountain climbing and I feel like, wait, I feel good just getting my leg through my underwear without losing my balance. <laughs> um, this one is so good for me because I often forget the word for things. And it said, if you can't think of a word, say, oh, I forgot the English word for it. And that way people think you're bilingual instead of an idiot. <laughs> I got to tell you, Michelle, I absolutely, I can't tell you how many times I've used Brian's line. Which is? Using words is hard. Oh yeah, he does. He says, words are hard, Michelle. He's like so tired because I will, you, I'm sorry, I use five words to describe the one word that I can't think. You should have seen me trying to find the, um, oh, look, I'm doing it again. You know, the little grater that you use against the lemon peel. <laughs> that, that's called something. It's not the grater. It's called something. <laughs> And then I love this one. Don't be worried about your smartphone or your TV spying on you. Your vacuum cleaner has been collecting dirt on you for years. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I would share a couple of those. Wait, um, what's, where's the one that I really like that we went oh, over? Oh, the, the um, life is like a helicopter. I don't know how to operate a helicopter. That's my favorite one. <laughs> I don't anyway. know how to operate a helicopter. <laughs> I would share just some funny sayings that you might. Oh, I, let me see. One more. One more. Um, Krona coaster. The ups and downs of a pandemic. One day you're loving your bubble, doing workouts, baking banana bread, and going for long walks. And the next day you're crying, drinking gin for breakfast, and missing people you don't even like. <laughs> so anyway. Well, actually, I, actually, it was passed on to me yesterday that if I've unfriended you on Facebook, uh -huh. when the pandemic is over, you're still unfriended. <laughs> <laughs> I know the unfriending. Oh, yeah, my. so we've got all that. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave us with one thing, and, and okay. in light of the time, I won't go on to it, and that's um, the self care physically. And I think many of you have heard me before talk about qigong. And that has really been a lifesaver for me, particularly, uh, and I have no affiliation with this man, but Lee Holden, H-O-L-D-E-N, and his work on Qigong for anxiety. All of this is downloadable. You can either buy it or there are some free YouTube stuff, but you know, he will help you activate particularly your thymus tapping, which is, you know, your thymus gland, which is one of the, the central warmers going through your body, just tapping uh, it didn't, it's not EFT, you could certainly okay. use that, but, but the Qigong centering of just tapping along this, the central area of your body mm -hmm. and then stroking it and noticing how that suddenly, I mean, I can rub this and if I do it long enough, my sternum, you can feel the tingle as it's mm -hmm. going, plus mm -hmm. moving along the energy in your body. It's, you know, when I, it, Maybe at some point we'll talk about it, but I've learned how to do Chinese dragon and tiger, which is a whole routine while mm. I'm walking. Mm. So I do a walking version of it. Okay. People walk, people in my new neighborhood think I'm nuts. <laughs> I'm walking around I and I, this. 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I look like this Kung Fu guy walking down the street, speed walking and doing the whole. <laughs> yeah. So at some point, a police officer will might. probably pull me over and say, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and I got a mask on. Um, that, and I've chatted about this many times, is the duck procedure, right? At oh, the yes. very least. I love the duck. At the very least, treat yourself at the end of the day or after a client like a duck. Take a few moments for yourself and just shake your body like you're, you're getting all the water off your back. And I, I promise you that you will feel better. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I guess we should also, and don't let any of this stand in the way of you going to a doctor or yes. calling 911 or yes. getting the care that you need. That's exactly um, right. <laughs> and, you know, for those of you who've never tried hypnotherapy, or, uh, you've got plenty of people out there now mm -hmm. who practice hypnosis and hypnosis allows you to bypass your critical faculty and speak mm -hmm. directly to your subconscious, which is doing the programming. It's mm -hmm. running everything. Your mm -hmm. conscious mind isn't, it's your subconscious. And so get the help that you need. There are plenty of people out there um, who can help you with that. Yeah. And feel free to contact us for referrals. We have people in our very own keeping your shit community uh, keeping your shit together community who periodically pop on and create wonderful new programs to help people through things like birthing. <laughs> um, and, and actually, well, and, and actually Christine Phillip uh, out of Belgium is watching the show right now. Uh -huh. And if you haven't uh, seen what she's doing, it's phenomenal. Some of the programs she's got out there, she's got a hypnobirthing program out now and yeah. stress relief and relaxation. And the beauty of what's been happening now is everybody's more internationally accessible right. than we used to be. That's right. And so if anybody needs Christine's contact information, mm -hmm. uh, let us know. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. We're Another the, great episode. We're at the end of our show. <laughs> thank, thank you all for being here. And until next time, peace. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.